Welcome to another episode of Gratitude and Leadership. I'm co-host Kami, and today we have a really cool guest. Her name is Michaela Gabrielle, and I stumbled upon her post in a Facebook group that we're both members of. Now, I don't know Michaela, but her post was about answering any and all questions related to living a polyamorous lifestyle. So I thought, you know what? If this chick's going to put herself out on Facebook, what a perfect leader to teach Hillary and I a little bit more about a polyamorous lifestyle. So you're going to hear from her about her journey, um, you know, how her family perceived her lifestyle and how she's living it today. So thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy and we're so glad you're here. Well, welcome to the Grateful Leader podcast. Um, we're really, really happy to have you here with us today. So um, Michaela, I found you on a random Facebook uh, page called Raising Children Unfundamentalists. Is that what it, I'm fairly that's certain correct. that's what it's called? Yep. So I'm on vacation and I'm, you know, scrolling through Facebook and I came across this post that Michaela posted and I was just kind of in awe of you a little bit to be so vulnerable and open, really. It's just open and ask me any of the questions. So will you tell us a little bit about uh, that initial post and kind of what inspired you to, to stick it on that particular page? Yeah, so I am polyamorous, meaning that I have more than one romantic partnership. I've been poly for almost 10 years now. And I feel like I'm the kind of person who frequently hears about people who are living lives that are really different than mine. And I'm like, want to ask all the inappropriate questions. Like, that's my go-to. I'm like, <laughs> where do people sleep? And how, you know, I don't know. Or, you know, I just like, that's just sort of my personality. I like a lot of information. And I always want to ask those. And also I'm very aware that like, there's, that's typically not appropriate. I've been around the block enough times now, specifically around polyamory, where you all I'll tell someone that I'm polyamorous and it's like, oh, well, my friend did that. And it was, it was it's not like this is anal sex. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like X, Y, Z, like this is, this is why it was terrible, you know? And I just like, really was like, I feel like I'm doing, we are doing polyamory in like a pretty ethical, like emotionally intelligent, really normal way. <laughs> And yeah. I wanted to be a resource for people to ask all of the questions and to try to like show, you know, maybe a different side of polyamory than some people had seen. I had done it in a few different groups. I've kind of done it here and there. And I tend to like get bored one night. I have ADHD and I don't know, I tend to get bored one night and was like, like, let me talk. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, let me, let, me share, let me share about this. And so that was one group that I was like, huh, this is interesting. I've done it in a lot of like, primarily like female oriented groups. And then okay. and those, you know, the questions are and, and totally it's like really interesting, kind of depending on where the group is at, what kind of questions. I got get I will say that that particular group I came out and shared to my partner I was like these are like some of the most interesting questions I've had I kind of I've done enough of them where I get the same questions over and over and over but I was like really kind of impressed with that group and the depth of questions that I got and yeah and I thought everything was very respectful too it was like everybody was really just very interested like on the edge of their seats and I was also really surprised at how many other people in the group were like hey I'm living this poly lifestyle too totally, totally. and I think that's like one of the cool benefits of it is frequently people are like oh hey poly here too normalize you know? it yeah yeah 
yeah totally so yeah um there was I think there was like one literally one comment where someone was like basically explained child abuse and was like this was because of polyamory and I was like "Mm, let's reframe that and like talk about what's actually going on there and the fact that it has nothing to do with polyamory also that's a really sad situation okay moving on right and that was the only one and like usually I get a fair amount of people I don't know I add I always add a little like sub like it's fine if you don't agree with this scroll on by like I'm happy to answer questions but I'm not gonna like justify myself and I'm not trolls yeah totally totally so I'm usually like too long didn't read ask me anything but don't be an asshole like (laughs) yeah yeah so the lawyer in me is wanting to make sure that I have this in my head correct but is polygamy when you have multiple spouses being polyamorous polyamory would be when you have multiple relationships, but you're not necessarily legally married. Well, so my understanding of polygamy is that it's normally religiously based. It is pretty sexist. So it men can have more than one multiple wives, but women cannot have multiple partners or multiple husbands. And it's usually like pretty religiously based and based on sort of the control of women, whereas polyamory is much more about authenticity and freedom, you know? Yeah, you talked about kind of doing polyamory the right way or the normal way. Talk to me about what that means for you. I think that we're just really much more boring than people would like to believe. I think when people think about polyamory, it's like, oh, you're having all these crazy sex parties and you're having these threesomes. And, you know, and while like certainly that can be a part of people's stories and experiences, um, yeah, experiences. And like, that's super legit. I think that most of polyamory is just like your normal day to day, like who's going to pick up the kid and who's making dinner tonight. And just a lot of like, yeah, more. I don't know. I hate kind of hate the word normal, but just the day-to-day things of having the monotony of day-to-day life, yeah, right? Yeah, of having <laughs> just sharing more it with more people. To... Yeah, totally. Yeah. How does intimacy work in terms of so there's the like exchange in the day-to-day like procedural function of life? Gotta do the groceries, the dog poops gotta be picked up, those types of things. But what happens with how does intimacy work? And I know that jealousy is a normal component of any relationship. I can be jealous of girl friends, like in a non-sexual, like if Kami has a close, close friend, I could get very jealous of their relationship. But I, I would imagine that when you throw in a level of another layer of intimacy, that jealousy is a factor that must be overcome. For sure. Yeah. I think that I actually, for years, knew of polyamorous people and frequently would say out loud to myself, to my partner at the time, different partner, you know, I could never do that. I'm, I'm too jealous. And I think that, and that has certain certainly been present for me in the last 10 years in this idea of having more than one partner. I think what we do a really good job of is like jealousy is, it is an emotion. It is like, it passes, it passes and it tells us something. Mm -hmm. And so I think instead of the whole, like, I shouldn't feel this way, I don't want to feel this way. Instead, it's like, wow, I'm noticing that I'm feeling super jealous. And then like learning to make requests around that. So for me, it's like, I'm really taking a long time, but I'm really like words of affirmation are super important to me. And so if one of my partners is going on a date, I'll frequently will be like, Hey, can I have some words of affirmation? Can you just like, 
remind me that I am not being replaced? Can you remind me that I am still important in your life? And like, they're super good at that and can offer that to me. Yeah, I, we, we refer frequently to sludgy feelings as sort of sludgy or crunchy. Those have sort of, they're I think good, they're good descriptors, but yeah. they're good descriptors. You can almost but, hear them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how jealousy feels for me. It's like that sludgy, like, oh, like this is hard, but it's not like that. Just, I have to move through that and I get to move through that and I get to um, make requests and yeah. Intimacy. How does intimacy work? That was your question. In our, it, I think I want to preface that I'm speaking for myself and my experience with polyamory and not everyone else's. That's how I am when I'm like, I'm speaking as an attorney. I'm not giving you legal advice. Like this is the disclaimer. We all, everybody has a disclaimer. Totally. I am super like PDA is a thing that I really, I love touch. So I am very like physically intimate with the people that I am dating around other partners. I mean, at this point I have two partners. I, I live with someone who is the child of my child of my father. The child of father of my child. Yeah. We knew where you were going. (laughs) And then I have a, I would refer to him as a nesting partner. We did actually get married recently. That's weird to talk about that. But, and then I have a long-term comet partner, which is a term that's frequently used in polyamory. And his name's Robert. And that term is usually something that only comes by every once in a while. But when it does, it's like beautiful and fun. That's shifted quite a bit since we had our baby. He has been here much more frequently. And so he's been staying with us for months at a time on a tiny house on our property. Um, But most of the time I I live with Ben. And so, I mean, day-to-day intimacy, it it happens. It happens in front of them. I'm a pretty loving person in terms of like sexual intimacy. What state do you live in? I live in Washington state. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like you got to be in California. I have a friend who grew up on a commune and like, it just, it's hard to keep clothes on him even as an adult. Um, And his wife is always joking. She's like, he'll leave a trail. We'll find him. But it is a wild and free. There's something wild and free and untamed about it. And I haven't spent a lot of time in Washington state, so I can't speak to like the whole vibe of the state, but you got that West coast going. Definitely. How do your parents receive your relationships? So my parents had a really, really hard time with it. I came out as polyamorous to them about seven years ago. And I kind of came out in a way that I wish I wouldn't have in hindsight. My I made a promise to myself years ago that I was just going to stop lying to my parents. I, they're pretty strict parents. They're lovely, pretty liberal, but also religious, pretty very Christian. And, you know, I, I grew up in a really open-minded religious community, which is great. I feel like one of the few people who doesn't identify as having religious trauma. I, yeah, they're great. But, you know, purity culture is still a thing for sure. And there's a lot wrapped up in sexual intimacy with people and sort of the the importance and the pedestal that that is placed. And I sometimes joke that I could have come out as just about anything else to my parents and they would have been okay with it. But for some reason, polyamory was, was and is pretty hard. My mom, so I promised I wasn't going to lie to my parents. I was on the phone with my mom one day. They were still back living in Wisconsin. I was here and I was talking about a person that I was dating at the time and I was telling a story and I had a long I was living with a partner at that time. And she said, this person, are you dating him? And I said, do you really want to know the answer to that? Which is always a question that I ask my mom because 
generally she doesn't want to know. Do you really want to know? <laughs> and I they always say you. yes. And then they always and then they regret no. it. They always say yes. <laughs> and she said, yes. And I said, yes, I am. And she said, and are you still dating person that you're living with? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, we'll talk about this later. And she hung up the phone. And I was like, okay, not right. Hindsight's 2020, not the way you should come out to your parents about anything. So if you could change it, how would you have, have let them know? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. Probably in person. I think I would have like okay. had a little more. I also think, I mean, it was hard at that point. I just felt like I was having to do a lot of like, I was really defensive. I was in a really defensive. Sure. I was trying to like defend this like whole way of being instead of just be like, this is the way that I'm, this is how I'm doing relationships right now. A few weeks later, I got this email. Maybe it was a few days later. I got this email from my father, which is a very weird where I talk to them daily. We're, we, we don't email it. So it's a very crazy. formal, formal gesture of communication and it was kind of it was the antithesis of and everything he taught me it was a lot it was all fear-based it was a lot of fear of what they would how they would explain this to people what you know what people would think of them in me dating multiple people and in hindsight through therapy and (laughs) it was his fear and he pressed send and he never should have pressed send but that has kind of I mean I can't say we've come a super long ways it's still just as like something we don't really talk about much at all um which is really challenging it was not until very recently it was not until I was pregnant with uh my child that they would spend any time with both my partners at the same time they knew them both and would spend time with both of them separately but spending time with them together was really challenging I think it was just a matter of over the years we just kind of I just kept showing up again and again and again you know my mom heart is kind of broken because I in my mind I'm like man I'm gonna love my kid no matter what I'm gonna love my kid no matter what and I'm getting a little self-reflective of there are definitely ways that I'm requiring my children to abide by the social norms that I like. And so I just want to, for accountability and because it's coming up is I want to love my kids. I want them to be able to break social norms because I think those are constructs that maybe just don't serve us anymore. They served us at a time and they don't anymore. But I want to extend a lot of love to you right now because where your parents have been unable to accept you as a sister, we get to. And that's pretty cool. You wouldn't need that from us. Not that you need it, but you know, I wouldn't have an occasion to extend it to you. Um, So it's cool to get to do that. When did you know that this is who you are? Pretty quickly after so sort of my coming to polyamory story is that I was in a long-term relationship I was living with someone and I started having a crush on a mutual friend of ours and I went and had a really particularly romantic evening with this other person he was living on a boat we like (laughs) spent the evening together cooking dinner on this boat and I really wanted to kiss him and I drove home and I remember having this conversation with myself where I was like okay here are my options as a monogamous person. I can lie to myself and ignore these feelings. I can lie to my partner and cheat. I can break something off that's going really well to pursue something that may or may not turn into anything. And I knew this person enough that I was like, eh, 
you know, whatever. And I, for the first time was like, that doesn't feel good. Like that doesn't feel authentic. And I'm not, I want more choices. I want more choices than that. And, and again, I had this framework. I knew people who were polyamorous. And so I went home and I sort of my saying is I went and had the first of many courageous conversations. And I sat down on the couch and I said, Hey, this is how I'm feeling about this. And he was very open to it. Again, in hindsight, he was pretty checked out of the relationship for a lot of reasons at that point. But he was like, okay, like, let's, let's kind of go from there. And it was, I would say pretty much as soon as I went on a date and was like, oh, I can like ethically and in a way that feels good, love this person and explore this person without a ceiling or explore this relationship in a way that is working for the people who are in it and not some, you know, not societies, these, all of these rules that I've like been taught to believe, but also we don't ever talk about pretty much from then on. I was like, I don't think that I'm ever going to be monogamous again. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that is going to like, I really feel like I'm, I'm in awe of you right now and how self-aware that conversation was in your head. Cause here I would be like, Oh my gosh, like I have this massive crush and I really want to do this. And, but it's like, you went through the, this doesn't feel good in my soul there's got to be another way. And I knew that there was another way. I mean, I knew people doing this, you know, it wasn't as though I like came to polyamory without knowing that polyamory was a thing. But yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, here, you know, we are. And like, here am I getting like, I think my goal is just to like live authentically. And what would you say is your rock bottom moment that when you look back, you know, it's made you stronger? My rock bottom moment would be so that relationship, the person that I was living with, at that time had a pretty significant drug addiction that I spent years trying to convince myself was not happening. And, you know, it's funny, I was thinking about whether or not that related to polyamory, and it totally does. At the end of that relationship, I was in another relationship that was like deeply fulfilling to me and was meeting a lot of my needs. And so it took me and and actually, and also sort of looking back on my parents resistance toward polyamory, I sometimes wonder if I had started dating different people if that if their response would have been different because they really didn't like that person I was living with and that partner I was with and I stuck with that relationship much longer than I think I would have if I was monogamous because I was getting my needs met by someone else but also I mean I can say that and who knows if that would be true but yeah I think my dad ran a drug and alcohol recovery center most of my life and so I had a lot of knowledge about drug use but not not a lot of experience. And I did a lot of compartmentalizing and pretending that that wasn't happening or that it wasn't as significant as it was. And it actually, I mean, probably my kind of rock bottom would be we, that partner who I was living with at the time, his mom flew in to visit us and we were going to drive to, we drove to visit my parents and he took something and fell asleep on the way to my parents' house, which was an hour and a half drive. And when we arrived, to my parents. It was the first time our moms were meeting. I couldn't wake him up. And he was breathing, but was not responsive. And we ended up calling 911. And in front of my mom and his mom, you know, they said, do you think he took anything? And I said, yeah. And that was, I think at that moment, I was like, this relationship is not working for me anymore. And I can't continue to ignore the fact that like what he's doing is really dangerous. And yeah, and surely no, my mind goes like you've painted a scene and I can just imagine that 
the pain and the judgment that you felt in front of your dad who leads a drug and alcohol recovery and all of that going on. And then somehow probably feeling somewhat responsible, even though it's not your responsibility. How has that made you the person you are today? I think that I just really learned, well, one, I learned how strong I am and how yeah girl how like yeah how like I can go through things that are tough but also I think I really learned like what I'm not okay with and like the ways that I was not honoring myself in that relationship and the ways that I was I don't know sort of codependent on like a relationship to be the thing that was carrying me through my life instead of just like looking at myself to be that yeah the birthplace of this podcast was at a dinner I went to and he's on our, our episode one. But one of the questions that he asks, he, he invites people to answer is if there's one person who you don't give enough credit to, what would you say to them and why? And I really think that when we think about our rock bottom moments and like the strength and the fortitude that we have now because of them, they can be the antagonist in our life story but there's also this other way that the remembering self can recast the character in our life and they somehow become the protagonist. I got all the arm hair stand up saying that because I, I really think that I have a lot of gratitude to that guy and I hope he's okay now and that he's he's gotten clean, but I have a lot of gratitude to him because... It, it seems like it's made that experience made you probably really embrace this, this, I don't know, is it appropriate way to call it lifestyle lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that also like polyamory was cool in that breakup because that was a really significant breakup in my life. And I also had a part, another partner at the time who was able to just like love me and, and see me and see that struggle. And yeah, that was like a pretty beautiful thing. Absolutely. That what was. are you reading? right now untamed by Gwen and Doyle oh fun yeah it's so good I love it yeah, that book it's is, so good is, it is so good yes oh and how funny but I, I referred to that because you do I did get the vibe so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny too I for it's on my audible I don't I, I have ADHD I don't do well reading but I'm listening to it and I didn't remember how it how I saw it and I started I pressed play and then I was cleaning out my email box the other night and saw that it had been gifted to me from a very very sweet friend of mine and I had completely forgot that so I got to reach out to her the other night and was like thank you like this is the book I needed to be reading yeah it's funny how things do come to us right when they're supposed to even if they've been on the bookshelf or like a movie that you've thought about for a long time and it's like the, it reveals itself at the time it's supposed to wait I I want to go back real quick you said you cleaned out your email box. Yes. Are you one of those people that has like zero unread messages in your email? Um, in my like priority one, yes. In my other okay. one, no. But I, I don't know. Got the other night, I was like, I need to put things in folders. This feels overwhelming, and so I started putting things in folders. Can I tell you how many unread emails I have in my personal Here. email right now? Please, please tell me. <laughs> 10,414 oh. emails. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always in awe of the people that keep their email inbox like super clean. So I am really passionate about minimizing my waste. 
also that's sort of a, a soapbox that I like to be on and I learned recently how much energy it uses to store emails and since that happened I have been really trying to actually delete not like archive or move but like delete emails and unsubscribe to emails because somewhere there's like a machine running that is keeping all of these emails well gosh darn it now you just made me feel really guilty and I'm gonna no, have I to mean, go delete all of the emails not not, not <laughs> helpful but it was like that was really eye-opening to me and so I'm like really especially unsubscribing never thought really. of that I've never even thought of that yeah I know okay all right I love it Kayla yeah, where can too. people find out and connect with you on social media right I mean my Instagram I have an Instagram that's tiny zero waste life that is my only public social media that I have okay wonderful well if you're interested in connecting with a true authentic untamed gal Michaela thank you so much for joining us we're thrilled to have you on the grateful Thank you for sharing. Wow. Another great episode showing us that the way we view our past and existing experiences impacts the way we view our future and how we're living our lives and showing up. And it's just every single time it kind of blows my mind. Kami and I are on a mission to help spread this message of gratitude for the good times and the bad because they help us grow into greater leaders. We would love for you to join with us in serving that mission by sending a text. If you could send a text to one friend right now and say, I think that you might enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. Because if we're just talking to our computer screen, we're not going to be sharing our message. We really appreciate that. You are going to take part in this with us. And that's the greatest gift is really helping someone experience gratitude from the inside out and that changes their life. Thank you for gifting that to a friend today. See you next week for another episode of The Grateful Leader.
Wow. Another great episode showing us that the way we view our past and existing experiences impacts the way we view our future and how we're living our lives and showing up. And it's just every single time it kind of blows my mind. Kami and I are on a mission to help spread this message of gratitude for the good times and the bad because they help us grow into greater leaders. We would love for you to join with us in serving that mission by sending a text. If you could send a text to one friend right now and say, I think that you might enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that because if we're just talking to our computer screen, we're not going to be sharing our message. We really appreciate that you are going to take part in this with us. And that's the greatest gift is really helping someone experience gratitude from the inside out and that changes their life. Thank you for gifting that to a friend today. See you next week for another episode of The Grateful Leader.